I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. You're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, welcome to the Ranger Report. I am C.J. Berryman. You can find me at C.J.B. underscore R.R. on that Twitter thing, the bird app. Um, and I am joined today by none other than the athletics, Levi Weaver. How are you doing, Levi? I'm doing all right, man. We are uh, we are careening towards the starting line. We've got season previews. Finally, finally. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, that was in question for a while, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I felt like a dickhead trying to uh, always contact you and give me updates. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. They won't tell us anything. <laughs> All right. So talk about the number five starter spot. Spencer Howard earned it. Uh, talk about what he has done to earn that. And I believe um, his stuff is electric. And he was the number one prospect in the Phillies organization for a reason. And now we're kind of seeing it. And he's more comfortable with the pitching coaches with the Rangers. So talk about that. Yeah, I, I think uh, it seemed like he was just kind of in his own head last year. You know, yeah. I mean, he, like you said, he was the number one prospect in the Phillies. And there's a lot of, I think, expectation that comes with that. And he was not succeeding in Philadelphia. And, and to his point, uh, he said that, you know, the Phillies were in contention. They did not need him to come up and sort of adjust to the big leagues yeah. and just kind of learn how to be a big league starter. They needed him to win. And, uh, and, and he wasn't really doing that. 
and he got to Texas and was working on his mechanics and was like, listen, the, the results are going to be bad. The results were bad. He had the the lowest, I think he was a negative 1.2 uh, war, war on his yeah. which is worst on the team. Uh, but he's like, just don't, don't focus too much on that. I'm working on my mechanics. So when I first talked to him this, this spring, he was one of the guys I was the most interested in in talking to like, how did it go? Like you had a whole off season to work on this without big league hitters, you know, trying to wreck your day. Was it that you needed to perform? Was it that you needed to work on your mechanics? And he was like, actually I was both, I was wrong both times. Uh, I just <laughs> basically needed to relax, clear my head, get away from the game and get back to my regular arm action. And uh, at times he's done. I, I, I think he is still probably learning to do that consistently. Um, but yeah, I mean, results were pretty good for me. The big question about Howard now is how will he do sort of the second and third time through the lineup? We've, we've gotten yeah. to see him in short outings. He did pretty good around the, around the fourth, the thinnings. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where he kind of started to struggle a little more even last year. So um, with the shortened spring, I don't know that we're going to, in fact, I know that we are not going to get to see that before the season starts. And um so yeah, when, when he takes the mound, that's what I'm going to be the most interested to see is like, cool, first inning, great, second inning, great, third inning. Okay, how's that going to go? Fourth inning, can he get into the fifth? Can he? Because if he can get through five or six innings at this point in the, the history of the game, six innings, that's, you're golden. So It's a quality uh, start. It is. So hopefully that will be uh, uh, something he's capable of doing this year, but so far so good. All right. Uh, let's talk about Brad Miller leading off. Uh, he's kind of, uh, kind of the under the radar type signing that the Rangers just just pulled in, and he's doing a hell of a job leading off. So, uh, talk about Brad Miller. Yeah, i I was a little confused by the Brad Miller signing when it happened, um, but I mean, he hit twenty home runs last year with the Phillies, and so he. I remember back when he was like a mega prospect, spent time with the Rays and the, and the uh, Mariners, and then kind of just settled into that, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's just a guy, right? He's a guy that plays right. baseball. Uh, this spring, he's looked pretty good. He's hit with some power. He has. And he doesn't use batting gloves. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's worked, <laughs> worked his way into that leadoff spot. And I, I think that'll be interesting because let me let me look up this number. I want to make sure that I say this exactly right. Good, good. Um, I know he had a ton of strikeouts last year, which does not strike me as the sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, he was about a hundred. Yeah, one hundred and twelve strikeouts yeah. in three hundred and seventy-seven plate appearances. So uh, that's not great. But he also had forty-five walks. So even with all the strikeouts, his on-base percentage was three twenty-one. Um, the year before it was three. 57 he played with the cardinals which i completely forgot he even played with the cardinals so <laughs> if he can get on base uh dropping dropping things everywhere if he can get on base great uh chris woodward mentioned that he had tinkered with the idea of going Simeon, seager hanniger one two three yeah. putting miller there gives him the chance to sort of push those guys back one spot each it also allows him to push guys like adolis garcia and nathaniel low down one spot each to a place where, uh, frankly, Garcia and Lowe probably at this point in a big league lineup are those like five and six type guys. They shouldn't yeah. really be hitting three or four yet. Not to say that they won't become those guys. Garcia was definitely that guy for a while last year. 
But for right now, the ability to push those guys one step further down the lineup. And then, and then now you look at your sort of seven, eight, nine, you've got Willie Calhoun, who could be a really good hitter. He's, he's finally healthy. And and Cole Calhoun. And Cole Calhoun. And who do we even have left? Oh, Andy Abanez, who, by the way, might be one of the better hitters on the team. I've been I've been fighting for Andy Abanez for a whole year, man. I I think I think Andy Abanez is kind of a dark horse, just super utility, um, but also a guy that's going to give you honest plate appearances. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's always been a good hitter, uh, and and that's that's never been in question. It's just if you saw some of the games last spring when he was playing third base, every time he caught the ball, it was just you you held your breath, like where is this going to go? Because <laughs> yeah, his defense is it, it it was that was the question mark his defense, right. and he's improved on that. And it was I think specifically his third base defense because his second base defense wasn't that bad. And by the time we saw him in games last year at second base, it was like it's pretty good. But the Rangers have Semyon and they have Seager. They, they don't need a second baseman now. They need right. him to play third base, and especially with kind of Falefagon, and especially, especially with Josh Young's shoulder Josh Young, yeah. out of action for a while. So he's he has to play third base. That's where the opening is. And so far this spring, he's made quite a few pretty impressive plays. I mean, he worked with Adrian Beltre a little bit when Beltre was in camp, worked with Michael. Oh, Young, yeah. who also made I was going to ask you about that. How, how, third, how, so. how, how, how was it? Uh, how much fun was it having Adrian Beltre and his son? There? Yeah. So yeah. talk about that. Uh, AJ can definitely swing the bat. I remember uh, my first year covering the team was 2016. And I remember watching AJ out there. He's just too, almost too small to get the bat around. Like he's just a little guy, right? Right. He's got right. this big, heavy bat. And uh, Beltre's out there throwing in batting practice. And he's like winging it in there. He's not just soft tossing. He's like, you know, he's. I would, I would not expect anything less than from Adrian. It's, yeah, it's coming in straight. And, and AJ's making contact. You're like, all right, well, he's off to a good start. Um, yeah, I think that kid's going to be a pretty good pretty good ball player. Um, but yeah, just having him in camp, there was one moment where he was in the third base dugout on a backfield kind of helping, you know, just talking to guys and it's, you know, it's the, whatever the third base sides turn to hit and Beltre walks out of the dugout and he's got a batting helmet on. He's got <laughs> oh a bat. yeah. I saw that video. Yep. And he, yeah. He, he walks up to home plate, you know, kind of kicks home plate a little bit and everyone in attendance is like, wait a minute. <laughs> is he going to take it at bat? And he just, you know, kind of knocks the dirt off his shoes and then just keeps on walking off to the first. Yeah. Yep. He walked over to the, to the opposing dugout. Yeah. Yeah. Forever, forever a troll will not change. And I love him <laughs> for it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the opportunity to have one of the best defensive third baseman of all time help Ibanez mm-hmm. at third base. Great. You know, he, he helped him with some of his pre-pitch positioning. Uh, Ibanez was getting too low. When you get too low, your first motion is to pop up. You want to get mm-hmm. just the right amount of low, so you've got some good uh, horizontal ability. Um, to have Michael Young too, because Young was somebody who moved from second base to third base, and second knows, to short to third. Yeah. yeah, and he's like second to short wasn't. I talked to him about it. He said second to short wasn't a huge uh, change for me. It's still up the middle. It's the other side, but it, you know whatever. Third base felt like the moon to me. It was just a completely different <laughs> game. And so for him to be able to explain to Ibanez, here are some of the things that I did. Here are some of the drills that I did to get me used to the position. Um, yeah, I think very helpful. And so far the results have been great. So I would love to see Ibanez be a, a breakout player this year. 
Yes, sir. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the coffee pot. So, <laughs> y'all, uh, Kennedy told us uh, we had her on the podcast the other day, and she told us about uh, your coffee pot. So, uh, tell that yeah. story. You want to get my side of the story? Uh, so, I- I'm I'm shocked at the number of, and there's more now. But when I first got there, the number of members of the Rangers beat that don't drink coffee. That's like not that many. So there's no coffee machine in the media room. And at that time we're getting there for like a 7 a.m. clubhouse. And I am not a morning person. Like, no, I'm not either. <laughs> not either. We are, as we're speaking, uh, it is currently 11, 12 a.m. And I'm just now starting to hit my stride. <laughs> now I'll be good until one, two in the morning. No problem. You, if you need me to be sharp and like at my best after midnight, easy. Ask me to do anything before 10 a.m. And it's just, it's not going to be done well. It's it's going to be, <laughs> it, I'll get it done, but it won't be done well. So I needed coffee is where we're, where we're going with this. There was no coffee machine. So I just went to the local Walmart and I got a coffee machine and filters and cups and whatever. Brought it to the to the media room, set it up. I was a hero for the very few people that did drink coffee. A lot of the Japanese media were there. They were like, Can we have coffee? Like, yes, absolutely. This is for everybody. <laughs> I'm a team player. So I go home. This is spring, sorry, not last year. This is spring of 2020. I fly home for my son's birthday. I expect I'll be back in just a couple of weeks, you know, uh, to finish up the end of spring training and then go on to the regular season. And as we all know, Sometime around March 10th or so, COVID, COVID everything happened. just stopped. And so my, I was in Texas, my coffee pot was in Arizona. And so the two remained for quite some time. <laughs> Last year, there was no media access to the media room and we didn't have access to the players. I didn't even go to spring training last year. I did all of my right. spring training coverage from home. So I finally get back to Arizona. The media room finally opens. And I'm like, it's a big day. Is my coffee maker still here? And I walk in and there it is in all its glory, a little dusty on the top, but it's there. Fantastic. This is great. I'm going to make myself some coffee right now. And I open it up. And it, Kennedy told me that there was a little bit of nastiness in there. The, the problem was that uh, I hadn't taken the last coffee filter out of it in 2020 <laughs> it it had two years to grow and even in the arid nature of you know the of arizona mold can still grow and it did it basically grew just like uh an entire beard on on top of a, it was it was white and blue and green it was it was pretty if you didn't know what it was kennedy said you 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 manned up and you cleaned that sucker I did. Yeah. You know, I, I took it home. So I was staying with my brother uh, in Arizona. I took it and I, I put some vinegar water in it, ran a cycle, uh, scrubbed it up pretty good. And then we ran a few more cycles of hot water just to kind of get the vinegar taste out of it. And and I drank coffee out of it and it was fine. So, and, and you took it home. I did. Yes. It's currently in my garage <laughs> with right. no filter in it. The filter's gone. It's I, I, mm-hmm. I was responsible this time. <laughs> All right. That's, so you, you've covered the Rangers for quite a while. Um, what would you say are your famous or your favorite moments uh, covering the Rangers? Because there's there's been a lot of downs. There's been a lot of ups. Uh, yeah. What would what what would uh, what would be your favorite moment? 
well, I mean, there have been some, we've seen some history, right? We saw Adrian Beltre's 3000th hit, which was right. big. Um, we saw, I mean, I was there for the first, uh, my first season was 2016 and they made the, the playoffs that year. Um, so I got to go to a playoff game in Toronto. That was also the year that uh, Rubenet Odor punched Jose Bautista. Oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. What was that like? Yeah. So I, I remember why I was I was I was the uh, sports editor for Gatesville and okay. I'm sitting there watching that and Rudy just knocked the lights out of Jose Bautista. Well, yeah. and, and it started with Matt Bush drilling Jose Bautista. Right. And I think that might have been Matt Bush's first game. Yes, it was. So we're all excited about Matt Bush. He comes up, does his thing, uh, hits Jose Bautista. So Jake Diekman is in the game now. And a little backstory. I I would say that I'm like 98% pacifist. Like, I really think that we have evolved enough as a species we should be able to talk through our disagreements right there's it it is a failure in communication if it comes to fisticuffs there's no need for that we we should be reasonable we should be able to compromise we should be able to have discussions as individuals and come to an agreement right this is this is a core belief of mine freaking love sports fights love them i love sports <laughs> fights and i think part of it is that it's pro- it's like a controlled environment right like you get out some of that 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 old blood of like you know tribal warrior or whatever that we came from but in an environment where you know nobody's they're they're nobody's going to die you're probably not going to see somebody like seriously injured you just get to see some guys go ah at each other and that's kind of like yeah good ah. so i had always wanted to see a baseball fight live don't know why for years you got, I, you got your opportunity i tweeted about brawl watch i i missed uh brawl watch i almost got there in time i would see the highlights would not uh, would not see there so first year covering the sport here i am and i see the best baseball fight that i've still ever seen <laughs> It was, it kind of got scary. Like you could just feel the bloodlust in the crowd. The crowd got like, that is the first. The crowd crowd was chanting USA. Right. USA. (laughs) Right. Which made no sense because Odor's from Venezuela and Bautista's from Puerto Rico. So like already we're just a little misguided. (laughs) But to hear the crowd, like it got it got a little scary and not because of what was happening in the field. Like I, I, for a second wondered, are they going to charge the field? Are the fans about to go out there? It just felt wow, like, a little, really? like, like it got a little big for the moment. Um, they didn't, everybody remained in their seats. Well, you know, standing close to their seats. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was, yeah, I think, I think it, for me, kind of crossed the line a little bit from like, Oh, I wanted to see a baseball fight. So like, Oh, I really just saw like a real baseball fight. Like that was a really cool <laughs> fight. Um, I will never forget though, after the game, you know, the, the clubhouse, it's very tense. Odor was not made available for us to talk to. Uh, we go to Adrian Beltre, like he's the veteran leader of the team. He's the one expected to speak. And Somebody goes, you know, what, what did you think of the punch? And he goes, I, I didn't see it. No, he went and um, actually 
grabbed Batista. right no i re- he had batista and pulled him away but they yeah I, and, and there was no way batista was going to try to fight beltray there's right. no and no right but somebody asked what he thought he saw you know he goes I, I put my head down i was running i didn't see it and there was this moment where we all go we think you know he's definitely lying but what, what he's <laughs> like, lying to us and evan grant just goes did you hear it and Beltre is standing looking at the floor and he just kind of gives, I'll give a side view so you can see, he just goes, come on, man, I'm trying to be serious here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that might be one of my favorite moments, like just watching Beltre so quick and just to see him kind of get got where he was bumped off his game a little bit. I thought that was, that was pretty amazing. Um, I did a, I did a fake documentary about the dot race, about the origins of the dot. Oh race. yeah. You're the dot race master. That's what I yeah, call you. And I Twitter. think, you know, I grew up watching the Rangers and uh, I was a teenager when Pudge Rodriguez was in his prime. And I think getting the, the Juan, ability, Juan Gonzalez, Ruben Sierra. Yeah. 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 Rusty having, Greer, yeah. having Pudge Rodriguez say, uh, what he ate the, what was it? We told the, Trying to remember the exact line. Basically, that we somebody told uh, Steve Bouchel that the that the dots were mama skittles coming back for revenge for their babies or something like that. <laughs> and I I got Pudge Rodriguez to deliver that line. Oh uh, wow! Um, oh no, no, that's what it was. Steve Bouchel was really freaked. He pretended to be really freaked out. So my first baseball card ever. Well, I'll show you. <laughs> First baseball card ever. Right on the wall here. The 1988 tops, Steve Bouchel. Steve Bouchel. That's how I got started, right? So I got Steve Bouchel to say that he, they were really freaked out because they were afraid of the dots because they were mama Skittles coming back. You know, <laughs> and then the camera cuts to, to the side. You don't know Pudge is there and it cuts and there's Pudge Rodriguez. And he goes, What? is that what Will Clark ate? <laughs> and then it goes to like, Will Clark ate one of the dots. And that's the story that there used to be a yellow dot, but Will Clark ate it. Um, so yeah, I think that just because of the absurdity of it, right? Like who gets Pudge Rodriguez and Steve Bouchel to talk about the dots being mama Skittles taking revenge for their babies. Like it was yeah. just so stupid. And it was that moment where I realized like, I can kind of do anything I want until somebody fires me. <laughs> I'm going to make the most of it. And uh, yeah, that, that was probably my favorite moment in coverage. Well, buddy, uh, we thank you for joining the podcast today and talk about uh, where we can see you, right? Uh, Theathletic.com. That's, that's who employs me. They, uh, they pay me to go to baseball games and all they ask in return is that I write stories and about. drink coffee and drink coffee. So much coffee. I've got my, Got my David Bowie mug. <laughs> so we're going to send you a, a Ranger Report podcast, coffee mug. So, you, yeah. And so you got to put it on Twitter. Hmm. Okay. I'll put it, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll put it right by this one and have people vote. <laughs> All right. No, I'm right. just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Nobody should, nobody deserves to be put up against David Bowie. That, that would not be fair. But I will <laughs> yeah. take the coffee cup and I will, I will, uh, Put it on Twitter for you. you yeah, David Bowie kind of has a reputation of uh, being a badass. So, <clears throat> yeah, 
So thank you very much, Levi, for joining us today. And um, baseball's happening. It's yeah. Up. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.